Magandang Gabi Podcast. At the corner of Pidal Rosario and Honkara streets of Cebu City stands an old university that witnessed stomach-churning tales of atrocity and massacre during the Second World War. Some of these classrooms, still in use today, used to be prisons for tortured soldiers, dungeons for raping innocent women before being executed in a courtyard that now nourishes a healthy, beautiful garden. The restless souls of these victims, seeking revenge and closure, are believed to still linger in the area, haunting students, teachers, security guards, and even passersby on their way to massage parlors popular in Honkera. If you happen to wander around on a full moon, you would sometimes hear an eerie gust of wind, and at times, a mysterious voice of a woman calling you from afar. Sir, short In fairness, Ray, you make a good Nolly De Castro impression that really threw me back to my childhood when I watched Magandang Gabi Bayan's spooky episodes. Did you also watch those? Yes, of course I did. Who didn't? <laughs> I mean, we didn't really have many options on TV back then. Yeah. Well, while those episodes would usually happen around Halloween, they weren't actually for that, but for Araw ng Patay or Kalag-Galag <laughs> or All Souls Day on November 2. Back then, in the Philippines, we didn't celebrate Halloween the way that the Westerners do, which is to put on costumes and trick-or-treat. Oh yeah, we only saw those on TV. What we did, we went and visited our dead loved ones in the cemetery, which perhaps reminded people of, let's say, ghosts and other spooky creatures. Yeah. So all the horror stuff would come out on TV and in the movies. So yeah. that's what we're here to talk about today. Creepy creatures in Philippine mythology. Are you ready? Ready! I hope you have your lights on and your backup generator in case this gets nasty. Yeah, I definitely did. I easily scare. Because a lot of people say that when we talk about supernatural beings, just by mm-hmm. speaking their name, it invokes them. I don't know how true that is. You shouldn't have said that because I'm by myself. <laughs> so sorry okay, about go ahead. <laughs> no, no worries. <laughs> So let's talk about creatures and we can't talk about supernatural beings in the Philippines without mentioning Aswang. Yeah. Uh, Aswang is one of the oldest, most popular, and if not the most feared supernatural being in Filipino folklore. Oh. Most parts of Aswang history are passed on through oral tradition. Several regional versions exist. There's the vampiric kind. You know, the, the okay. one that consumes blood and internal organs like liver and heart of their prey. There are also yeah. those that are shape shifters, taking the form of either a dog, a ferocious dog, or a bat. And, okay, cool. Or that of a witch that can use dark magic, cast spells, and even summon familiars, similar to what a witch would do, as a lot we see on TV. Oh, so yeah, the ones in the West, right? Yes, that's right. Amangkukulam is, as you said, a Filipino witch. Amangkukulam may use a voodoo doll and a needle to cast spells on people they want to take revenge on. But largely, they use natural magic and superstition similar to an albulario or a witch doctor. 
An albulario can diagnose a victim of kulam using a divination method called pagtatawas and helps the victim cure his or her malady. Yeah, when I was a kid, one day my mom's lips just suddenly puffed up like Angelina Jolie's. Ooh. So someone advised her that she should go to an albulario. So okay. there was one nearby in our neighborhood. So she went and then he performed this pagtatawas ritual. And he told her that someone was jealous of her and had her kulam. And then after that, I think he also performed some kind of ritual to counter that because that's what albulariers are supposed to do. Mm-hmm. And then after that though, before she left, he told her, buy claritin. Claritin? Yeah, it turns out it was an allergy. <laughs> <laughs> and he knew it. Like, he was probably just, you know, just going through this ritual to fool her. It's so funny. Oh, wow. She she later figured out that she was allergic to the hotcakes that she bought from our neighbor. So she, so my mom really wasn't a victim of Kulam, guys. I'm sure that there are other people who are legit victims, but it wasn't my mom. So, is the Albulario just a doctor in disguise? Like, he knew it was allergies yeah, like, yeah. and just prescribed an over-the-counter <laughs> yeah. claritin. Joking aside, in some mm-hmm. areas, in some regions in the Philippines, people are so remote from hospital. So their first option would be to actually go to the local healer. Or in this case, it's the albulario to get them yeah. checked. Albulario as an occupation has been there since forever. So yeah. for sure, they must have picked up common cure or common remedies to common sickness as well so um, believe it or not despite the advancements in science they still survive yeah and also the medicines that we consume as you mentioned that was discovered by science a lot of them are they were taken Mm. from nature they were from herbs or whatever which is what the albularios are probably using so i would say that the albularios are a good first aid person yeah i agree with that so they they would be kind of the first help but then if it's really serious then yes you you need to go somewhere like a hospital now um Maybe it yeah. worked well before than now because before I would think the, the sickness are of common causes as well. But now that we have a lot of preservatives in our food, there are a yes, lot of yeah. toxicity in the air. There are factories everywhere. So I think the diseases that we get, like we, we haven't even mentioned coronavirus. Like it's, it's so yeah. modern that even science is not equipped to combat them. So as the diseases get more serious, not even the natural healing powers of leaves or roots that what the albularius used before may not be enough to actually combat. Yeah, you have a point actually now to mention it. Yeah, true. But I have a question though. Why are the mankukulams not as glamorous as the witches of the West. <laughs> like, have you noticed, like, you know, the Philippine witches, all they can do is cast spells to hurt people, like voodoo. Yeah. But, you know, Sabrina, the teenage witch, the charmed ones, and Harry Potter, they are all witches, but they could do so much more than just hex someone. Like, they yeah. could cast spells to do really cool stuff, like conjure objects or make them fly, you know, Wingardium Leviosa. <laughs> But in fact, they seem so cool that I was kind of obsessed with these witches at different points in my life. But, mm. you know, I cannot imagine ever being obsessed with a mangkukulam. You know what I mean? Mm. The mangkukulams of the Philippines need to update their reputations. I think the mangkukulam university in the Philippines has not updated their curriculum the same level yeah. as Hogwarts. <laughs> I think that's the yes, disparity yes, yes. in techniques, the disparity in spells that we know. I think they we should. need more scholars to yeah. and send them to Hogwarts and then perhaps, you know, bring what? back the <laughs> revised curriculum, <laughs> advanced 
witchcraft skills or spells. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so that's an interesting concept of like witchcraft as a mm-hmm. power of the Aswang. Well, another yep. power of the Aswang, as I've mentioned, is Mm-hmm. Their ability to shape shift, and that brings us to the next category or subcategory of aswang, which is the tiktik, or in Bisaya it's called the wakwak. Now the name tiktik and wakwak are derived from the sound that they make, and that's why there are two terms. The tiktik is perhaps more popular in the Luzon region, whereas in the Visayas it's more commonly known as wakwak. Now you might wonder why yeah. is it so? Why does it sound so different now? It's the same concept as the rooster. When a rooster in Manila crows, it says "tik tila oh." <laughs> but in 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 Visayas, it's "tok toga oh." So it's very different. Now, if you <laughs> if you contrast that to how roosters in the U.S. sound, mm-hmm. they say which is a very yeah. different <laughs> sound from tiktilaok and toktogaok, right? Now, I think that I don't believe the the US version is realistic, honestly. <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's a right? tongue twister. I wonder how a rooster yeah. is able to say crocodile do. It's Yeah, I think doodle. I mean, can the rooster even pronounce doodle? I doubt it. So, maybe let's use wakwak cuz that's what I'm more familiar with. So it's like wak 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 because it's Bisaya. Yeah. And, and now the, the wakwak has several versions as well. So as I've said, be, because these are passed on through oral tradition and accounts of those who've actually seen one or heard one, um, there are several right. versions. Now, one version of the wakwak is akin to the shape-shifting power of the aswang. So that means that the wakwak is actually the aswang turned into to what only can be described as an oversized crow. So it has wings. It it mm-hmm. looks like a bird, but a, like an oversized crow and can fly through barangays to look for their prey. And then right. the sound that they make, um, they actually fool their prey by sounding loud when they are still afar and sounding faintly audible oh. when they're about to attack from behind. So... Well, that's You're scary. able to trick. Yeah, it's scary, right? So when you hear yeah. whack, 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 very loud, <laughs> then okay, that's fine. It, the aswang is still far. You have time to run. But if it's very soft, like whack, 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 then <laughs> the whack, whack is just right behind you about to attack you. So even if you run, there's nowhere to hide. Just, you know, accept oh. your fate. So that's the first version. So the aswang shape-shifted to an oversized crow and became the wakwak. Yeah. Now, the other version, the, the wakwak is a familiar summoned by the aswang. Oh, okay. So the, the witchcraft power of aswang, he summoned a wakwak right. to become his uh-huh. navigator and spotter. So the wakwak would go ahead oh. and it would look for the prey. It would send a signal to the aswang and the wakwak would say, wak, wak, wak. <laughs> And it makes sense, right? Because if the aswang is still far away, right, the wakwak would need to give a loud signal uh-huh. to the aswang. Yes. And if the aswang gets closer and closer, that's why the wakwak sound gets softer and softer as well. So mm-hmm. the two versions are very different, but right. 
the the sound that they make is still the same. I mean that's consistent. But it's wak wak. The second version sounds like a familiar of Maleficent. I don't know that you watched that ah, movie. Ah yes 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 <laughs> of Angelina Jolie. Right? Yes yes ah. yes. So she had a crow, kind of like a wak wak, but. Well, not exactly because the, the the crowd wasn't saying a wak wak sound in the movie. <laughs> so maybe maybe the movie director actually copied the wak wak concept from the Philippine folklore. I think because it's maybe. so similar, like Maleficent being the aswang, and she would send the familiar the wak wak. Yeah. Wak-wak. Yeah. Thank you for that. I think it makes sense. It makes sure, a lot of sense yeah. now. <laughs> There's another version of Aswang that's very popular because of movies, and that's the Manananggal. Like, who hasn't heard of the Manananggal, right? Yeah, that's actually quite popular, yes. Yeah, it's this version of the Aswang that specifically preys on unborn fetuses. Like, I don't know, it's just so vicious. What did the unborn fetus do to the Aswang to deserve kind of hate? Yeah, and, that's yeah. very cruel, yes. It's very cruel. And yep. The most distinguishing feature of the Manananggal is that she can split herself from the waist. Can you imagine that? Yeah, that's the weird part about it. Yeah. And I can just imagine the pain in going through that process and that transformation. Do you think that Manananggal actually feels pain every time she cuts herself? You know, that sounds like a wolf, like Wolverine, right? Like Wolverine <laughs> can heal. <laughs> like every time he draws out his claws, he mm. says he feels pain. So you think the Manananggal is like that? I think it's the same concept. Wherein okay. in the process, they are able to feel pain. But once it's done, that's it. Because if you look at it in the movies, uh-huh. they're under undergoing that transformation process you can see it in their faces like they're actually in pain um, oh okay okay never really yeah upper half of their body um from the lower half which is kind of creepy but yeah that's how they do it and then the upper half of the body has wings Uh and so then you know very efficient because it's now half the weight that it needs to carry around the mananangal would usually land on the roof of the victim uh-huh. Poke a hole and uses its very long and elastic tongue to reach the eh. belly of a pregnant woman and suck the fetus out akin to how a mosquito draws blood. Isn't that creepy? Oh, that is creepy. But what happens to the pregnant woman? Does she survive or no? Um, in some accounts, some do. And and the reason for that is historically, people have miscarriages and oh, they right. would blame it on the manananggal. So in those accounts... Oh, okay. So so the, the, the woman does live. Okay, got mm, it. Of course, I can imagine there would be fatalities if this ever happens. Yeah. But I, I did have like um, a serious question about the manananggal. Oh, yeah, what's that? Once the manananggal has consumed the unborn fetus... What what happens to the unborn fetus? Like the manananggal is only upper half, right? So there's no stomach. Yeah. It actually will just <laughs> fall off. And y- yeah. She, yeah, she's that's mid-air. True. She's flying. Does she even yeah, have that. the time to act, go back to her lower half and attach herself <laughs> before the unborn fetus would just fell off the incomplete <laughs> digestive system the manananggal has? It's it's just a serious question that I think Mm. Yeah, I never really thought about it. That's a good point. Uh, through the movies, we've seen that the best way to combat 
the manananggal is to look for the lower half of the manananggal yeah. because it's very immobile. It doesn't can't navigate itself. That the head is detached. If ever you find the lower half of the manananggal, you put a lot of salt or asin mm-hmm. uh-huh. or bawang or garlic, garlic. into the lower okay. half, and that would kind of kill or defeat the manananggal. And we've seen that in movies. And yeah. one person kind of historically mentioned that that's how the Aswang name came to be. Like the first two letters of Asin or As and then the last four letters of Bawang. So Asin, Bawang, Aswang. Oh, really? <laughs> okay. <laughs> I don't know how true that is. There, there, there are a lot yeah, of... Yeah, it's not true. Okay, there's maybe, a lot of con- contradicting stories to that as well. <laughs> a lot of people also say, oh, there's a... There's a folklore about the evil god Aswang in our mythology. Who knows? Oh, I, I don't actually yeah, know which really. one is correct, but it's just, to me, Asin and Bawang Aswang is the cooler explanation to how Aswang <laughs> yeah, came about their wrong. name. <laughs> Ako si Sanrio, og namino ka sa Banana Cube Podcast! Okay, the next on the list is the Tikbalang. Mm. <laughs> yes, ay kabayo. Ay kabayo. <laughs> so the Tikbalang is a tall, bony, humanoid creature with a head and hooves of a horse and disproportionately long limbs to the point that its knees reach above its head when it squats down. Tikbalang scare travelers, lead them astray and play tricks on them, such as making them return to an arbitrary path no matter how far they go or turn. Mm. So apparently, one of the tricks of the Tikbalang is to change its physical form. It appears to you in a a familiar form, pretending to know the way, then deceiving them into being led through the dark woods or along remote mountain paths to a place far from the help of others. And this is supposedly counteracted by wearing one's shirt inside out. I am not sure how that actually (laughs) (laughs) helps though. It Um, doesn't make sense, honestly. But another countermeasure is to ask permission out loud to pass by or not to produce too much noise while in the woods in order not to offend or disturb the tikbalang. Actually, that last part, I heard about that when I was young. Did you? Like I always, when I was, you know, hiking near a mountain or a forest... Uh, I would oh, yeah. always say tabi tabi po tabi po. Did you do that as yeah. well? <laughs> people, yeah, people advised me to do that, especially when when we were out in the woods, and I thought that was for the duende. But yeah, same for it, me, right? Yeah. If it's helpful for uh, the a yes. wide spectrum of supernatural <laughs> beings, then, then yes, yeah. I would use that. Do we have our mythologies mixed up or something? I don't know, but uh, <laughs> but what I do remember correctly though is that uh, there is a famous saying about tikbalangs, and mm. it's that if it rains while it's sunny, mm-hmm. it means a tikbalang is getting married. Eh? So that saying again didn't really make much sense to me. I mean, so like, what's the big deal? So tikbalangs are getting wed. So what? Mm. But then a friend pointed out to me that since the tikbalang can actually shape shift, maybe mm-hmm. he is in human form to trick an innocent human into marrying him. Ah. So suddenly, you know, if if that if that's the case, then the saying becomes more ominous, right? Like, yeah. oh my God, it's it's a sunny, rainy day. That means somebody out there is getting married. To Yo, like, you should check the registry of marriages in your hometown and see who got married and investigate further. Maybe yeah, like, one of them is a mm, <laughs> Yeah, oh my gosh, that's creepy. Now that 
you mentioned that a tikbalang actually would would be a very good groom and husband because why his upper half is a man, his lower half is a horse, or was it the opposite? Because I'm just saying, the... if if no his no lower no half he... is... <laughs> no no head and hooves of a horse, so you know. <laughs> What? Not. Oh, okay. Then he's he's the opposite of the centaur, right? A, a centaur is like a upper half of a man, yes. lower half yes. of a horse. Of a and horse. that's sad. I mean, the, the tikbalang has got the wrong parts of the horse. Oh wrong. my gosh! Just saying. Okay, let's let's not go into that. Yes, podcast. yes. Let's yeah. not dwell on that. So the next creature we have on the list is the Sigbin, which is very popular in the Visayas. And yeah. the Sigbin is the uh, weird dog version of the Aswang. So think okay. of Twilight. <laughs> sure. And think of Jacob, where Jacob was a werewolf, so he can shape shift into a wolf, but a Sigbin can shape shift into a dog. That's why it's called a were dog. Okay, but I, but I really wonder what kind of dog. If it transforms into a chihuahua, it's not really that <laughs> scary. That's not really scary. It? Yeah, that's true. But, yeah. but in the <laughs> images that, if you just Google Sigbin, yeah, it looks uh-huh. ferocious. It looks scary. So, so now we've talked a lot of the powers of the Aswang, the shapeshifter, uh-huh. the vampire. But I always ask myself. How mm-hmm. did that happen? How could an Aswang have all these supernatural powers? And I thought of the Twilight movie because majority of the powers that's depicted in the Aswang is actually in that movie, right? So you have the vampire who is Edward uh-huh. Collins and you have mm-hmm. the werewolf that's, what's that? Jacob. Jacob, yeah. And then the only thing that's left is the witch power. Then uh-huh. I thought that maybe... Bella went to a witchcraft school, maybe Hogwarts. <laughs> sure. And then conceived a baby with Edward and Jacob at the same time. And How could offspring... you even conceive? <laughs> I mean, she's a witch. She can do whatever she okay. wants, right? So she, she sure, can sure. perhaps cast a spell so that she would conceive the baby of both Jacob and Edwards <laughs> at the same time. And that offspring <laughs> okay. becomes the, the most powerful supernatural being called the Aswang, right? Because it has the okay, powers sure. of the witch, can shapeshift like a werewolf, and can suck the blood out yeah. of everyone. <laughs> the Aswang is actually the daughter of Bella, Edward, and Jacob. That's my take on how... This one <laughs> got all her powers. Okay, that sounds like a very interesting um, mm. fan fiction. But yeah, <laughs> who knows? <laughs> but but did you Maybe. ever ask yourself the why the Aswang is almost always portrayed as a woman? Oh, yeah, why is that actually? I did some digging, and there there are a lot of okay. conflicting reasons behind it. But I think one of the most plausible explanation is um, during the Spanish colonization, um, uh-huh. a lot of women would actually revolt against the Spaniards during the nighttime. Okay. So oh, really? The, okay. The, the women would gather themselves uh-huh. and use the element of surprise. Right, nighttime. They don't have enough weaponry to actually uh, take on the Spanish soldiers head on so that's why they use the nighttime to attack by surprise and that's why the friars would label uh-huh. these filipina who are revolting as the aswang uh-huh. so that okay. people would be scared of them so that's one of but the most plausible explanation i could see regarding why aswangs are typically women yeah okay but not just in philippines in uh, other countries right even like the witches were mm. also typically women so they burned ah. witches 
sausages right. at the steak, and I think they were usually women also. So maybe gotcha. it's just in the past, people for some reason just like to vilify women. I don't even know what a male witch is called. Is that a warlock? Yeah, warlock. warlock yes. Yeah. Okay. yeah, but I think warlocks. Yeah, we're not really that common. I only know warlock because it's a character in, in a game I play, Dota. But other than that, <laughs> yes, I, I don't really. Yeah, well, yeah, exactly. Yeah, witches are usually women. I mean, and they're usually like ugly women with uh, <laughs> who are wearing this pointed hats ah, yes. and they got on a broomstick right and fly <laughs> <laughs> well as swans are better they don't need a broom to fly they just need to cut themselves in half though so i'm not sure which is better <laughs> if you think about it <laughs> the next creature that we'll talk about is the tianak so tianaks are vampiric creatures so mm. i guess if the tianak and the sigbin got together <laughs> it's like it's like twilight, it's like twilight <laughs> so <yes>. so <laughs> So, Tianaks are vampiric creatures that are the souls of aborted fetuses malformed into a thing of endless nightmares. So, that fear seems rooted in our ties with Christianity and conservative ways. Ah, yes. So, a Tianak typically takes the form of a newborn baby and cries in the jungle to attract travelers. Once it is picked up by an unfortunate passersby, it reverts to its true form and attacks the victim. Ooh. So I guess, yeah. So the, the Tianak is very popular because of a shake, rattle, and roll movie in the mm. 80s, which I'm sure you've seen. Yeah, so in I've the film, that. a young woman played by Janice de Belen finds a baby and decides to raise it, not knowing that it's actually a Tianak. And you know, this film actually spawned a popular catchphrase. Ayan na ang anak ni Janice. <laughs> Do you remember this was a thing back then? Like no, I, I don't. I don't remember that phrase. But the way a chanak is described kind of reminds me of Chucky, the oh the, the US doll, version. Though. Yeah, because it pretends to be innocent, but then mm. in the end he, he kills people. But I don't think Chucky was a vampire though. He just he had this knife right, and he would try to stab people. I I think. Finally, the last creature that I'm going to talk about is the mm. white lady. So the white lady is a type of female ghost, typically dressed in a white dress or similar garment. So that's where the white comes from. And mm. reportedly seen in rural areas and associated with local legends of tragedy. The white lady legends are found in many countries around the world and not just in the Philippines. Did you know that? No, I didn't know that. Okay. Yeah, surprisingly, like some countries that have this uh, are Canada, Wait, Germany. Oh, of course there are white ladies in Canada. They are white, right? <laughs> <laughs> no, but the ghosts. Oh, the a ghost. female oh, okay, ghost okay. dressed Not in the white. Not the Caucasian white. Okay, okay. No, gotcha. no. White ladies are popular ghost story topics in the Philippines. So I think mm. it was probably one of the most popular creepy stories that they would tell kids or each other to scare each other, right? Like, don't go out. When mm. it's dark, because you might see a white lady. There are even streets, right, in Manila, uh, Balete Drive, like was yeah, exactly. Infamously known of sightings of the white lady whilst you are driving. Yeah, mm. yeah, I think that was actually featured in Magandang Gabi Bayan, right? Yeah, because that yeah. sounds very familiar. I've never been to Balete Drive, but I have heard of that street because of Magandang Gabi Bayan and the white lady. Yeah, that's actually scary. Yeah. I hope the government put a lot of lights or um, in that drive. Yeah, I wonder what they ha what happened. What are is the white lady still there? I mean, I don't I'm know. Not sure. <laughs> but the story is usually that a uh, taxi driver doing the graveyard shift 
would find a beautiful woman asking for a ride. So usually, of course, he would let her in. And then, you know, he drives a bit. And then when he looks behind him, suddenly the woman transforms into uh, someone with a lot of blood and bruises, like a dead person. And then he would like scream and then abandon his taxi in terror. But I blame the driver though because he would have noticed it when the white lady boarded the taxi. Yep. He didn't notice that there's no weight whatsoever. And, <laughs> That's and, right. And, and how did the white right? lady close the door? <laughs> how did the white lady open the door? <laughs> I don't there, know. <laughs> there are a lot of serious questions about that incident. So I think yeah, we, yeah, we should interview that driver. If... Yeah. Well, was he drunk? Then in the first place, he shouldn't have driven, right? That's a very serious, serious <laughs> right, criminal right, right. offense. I never really thought of that now that you mention it. But actually, I do have a ghost story. It's not really mine. It's It happened to my friend. So my friend Rodel was living in Singapore many years ago. Mm-hmm. It was his birthday. So we had a birthday party at his flat. Okay. Later that evening, after most of the guests had gone home, the smell of candles suddenly permeated the air, which was strange because no one had lit any candles. Oh, okay. One of his friends who was known to have a third eye, I think you mentioned earlier that people with third eye, they're the ones who could supposedly see spirits right Mm -hmm. so she told him that there was a female ghost so like a white lady who was hovering near Rodell and trying to greet him happy birthday wow so Rodell's friend told him to thank the ghost so that she would go away so of course Rodell thanked the white lady and sure enough once he did the smell of candles dissipated at once which is super creepy if you think about it right yeah that, that is creepy wait did the friend with the third eye describe how the white lady looked like was there any distinguishing features I think she gathered that it was Rodell's relative I mean I don't know if how she got to that conclusion but the story doesn't end there mm. because much later when Rodell was asleep in his bedroom, he was jolted okay. awake by the sound of a lady calling his name. Oh. Rodell, Rodell. Oh, so no. he, he slowly opened his eyes and saw the figure of a lady with disheveled long hair at the foot of his bed. And he thought to himself, oh my God, I already thanked her. Why did she come back? <laughs> and, and why can I hear and see her when I don't even have a third eye? So he was so scared yeah. that he closed his eyes and pretended to be asleep, hoping that she would go away. Mm-hmm. But she didn't. Oh no. Rodel, help me, she said. So it's like super creepy. <laughs> so he kept his eyes closed. But after a while, he realized that the voice sounded familiar. Okay. Who was it? It wasn't a ghost, but Tyne, his roommate. <laughs> it turns out she had a really bad stomach ache and was asking for his help. And instead of helping her, Rodel ignored her because he thought she was a ghost. <laughs> Wait, hold on. I think it was just Tyne trying to pull a prank. Like, of all nights, why would she dress up in white? <laughs> I don't think I don't know. I don't think she was dressed up in white, but her hair was like probably messy because she was in pain. But but she she I don't think she was she was pulling a prank because the thing is her stomach ache. It wasn't just her. Everyone in the party got oh, it. I see. We suspect it was like because of this chop soy that they brought. I see. Gotcha. Okay. Everyone that night was going to the bathroom. I think Rodell didn't eat the chop soy. <laughs> That's absolutely okay. We should invite that friend with the third eye. 
um, sometime, D. I think that will. Are be you sure? Yeah, yeah, I am. I'm dead serious. Having a third eye obviously scares me to have that ability because seriously, you being able to see some something supernatural, I, I, don't, I don't think I'll be able to survive. Yeah, I think I would rather not have that ability to see mm. ghosts. Actually, like if I can actually see dead people, it's a bit. I don't think you would be able to sleep well. But I guess, but if you do mm. have that ability from childbirth, maybe it becomes like normal to get used mm. to it. It's like I boring. See. Like ah, uh, whatever. There's a decapitated guy over here. Yeah, and and that's something I'm interested in. I want to know how did it all happen? How did she get the of, ability? Yeah, how she discovered that she has that ability. How did she cope? You know, what what were the coping mechanisms that ah. she had to undergo? How is she now? Has it improved? Has it disappeared? How is it magnified? And I think that that will be a very interesting conversation. I think. And one important question I have is mm-hmm. you having a third eye. Uh, Will you be able to see through your third eye digitally? What I'm trying to say is if you're in a Zoom meeting with her and if indeed there's a ghost, you know, in your room, behind you, wherever. Can she see that? Is she able to detect that? Oh, yeah. So I I think right now everybody's on digital communication, Zoom meetings and all that. Does it? Yeah, that's a good question. mm. Can she actually see through the technology? And is there a minimum requirement? Is does it have to be a 1080p quality <laughs> or an even a 720 pixel quality is enough just so she can sense? I'm not sure. Yeah, those are very relevant questions, I think. I guess so. That is a good question. Maybe somebody out there has answers to that. <laughs> yeah, we should we should reach out and invite her for a conversation. After all what we've talked about, are Aswangs real? That is a good question. I mean, that is supposed to be the title of this podcast. Maybe we should answer that question, don't you think? So what do you think, yeah. personally? I mean, there's no evidence to prove that they are not real. So does, maybe they are because <laughs> of that. That is... I'm not entirely sure that that is a valid way to go about things. Okay. Um, but even though if they were real, mm-hmm. maybe there's a possibility that because they couldn't adapt to the new environment, mm-hmm. they became extinct. Say, for example, we've seen all the commercials, right? The Mananangals trying to open a roof, but then because the owners of the household used a very effective elastoseal, that's why the <laughs> Mananangal okay. couldn't sure. open the roof. And so, you know, we without a prey, they couldn't survive, right? That's true. It's kind of like those animals that died off because we humans ruin their habitat. We destroy their ecosystem. That's why they couldn't survive. Also, maybe it's not because of us. Maybe because of their own choice as well. Take a look at the Capre. Maybe he smoked a lot of cigars that all of them, you know, eventually died of lung cancer. So... (laughs) Maybe it's our fault as humans. Maybe it's their own fault. Who knows? But maybe you and I were not blessed with a third eye. That's why yeah. we can't categorically say that they are or are not real. Yeah, true. You, you have a point. Yeah, they, they could be real. But even so, there are people who would say, like especially those who are like more scientifically inclined or more modern or whatever, that would say that they are myths. But even if, let's say, these people are right, I'm not saying that they are, but if they were right, for example, that these are all myths and all these creatures were, are just make-believe, the myths are used 
actually based on some kernel of truth. Like maybe the aswang was created because of real experiences or mm. something that happened to someone. Or maybe, for example, your neighbor is very aswangish in nature. You know, that was how the myth began. But regardless of mm. that, right, even if the neighbor is not a true aswang, the aswang is based on reality, on someone real. So in that sense, aswangs are real, right? I think this is something that both you and I wouldn't be able to settle yeah. in this podcast. We should ask this mm-hmm. to our listeners. Yeah. And please let us know. Maybe through our webpage. Send us a feedback. Yeah. Are aswangs real? real?